The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning, everybody out there in uh, Radio Land. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. And we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific, beautiful, albeit smoky Pacific Northwest. Uh, it is that time of year, unfortunately. I think I brought it up last week and probably shouldn't have because I think we're in for it. Although hopefully that, uh, what is it, Hurricane Hillary in the Pacific, maybe it can make its way up to Oregon and uh, dump some rain on us. I saw, I saw parts of uh, San Diego County are supposed to get more rain in 24 hours than they get in a year. So that could be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, all right. As always, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can always email us by going to our website, or sorry, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, click on the Contact Us. So as always, let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. Uh, the rainbows and butterflies seem to have left the building. And reality is starting to set in, which I, I don't know why I'm always like more optim. I, I, for some reason, I'm, I'm one of these like, I guess it's because I grew up on the East Coast. When markets go down, I feel better. And it's because <laughs> they go down and they get cheaper. When they're going up, they make me really, really nervous. Uh, it, I guess it's kind of like the roller coaster. When I get to the top, I'm, I'm always scared to death, but I'm at the bottom. It's, it's much better. So U.S. stocks. I'm, I'm the total opposite. Well, that's because you're a millennial and you're from the West Coast. Uh, U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, uh, were down two and a quarter percent last week. Uh, it's the third straight week of decline. So, uh, as great as August, or sorry, as great as July was, August is sort of the mirror image of that. Or August has been pretty abysmal so far. And historically, you know, this is seasonality of the time of year when stocks don't always do so great. I mean, the volume on the New York Stock Exchange last week was unbelievably low. It was less than half of what its normal volume is. So there's a lot of people obviously on vacation, and so there's not a lot of activity. And so markets can be pushed one direction or the other very easily when there's not a lot of volume on the exchanges. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks uh, underperformed. Again, they were down 3.2%, so rough week for small caps. Uh, international developed market stocks were down 3.25%. Uh, emerging market stocks down 2.9%. So the risk off trade uh, is definitely happening right now. I saw uh, Bitcoin crypto got slaughtered last week. They had a rough week in the crypto market. In the bond market, we saw yields move higher, which meant bond prices moved lower. So if you continue to own intermediate uh, and long-term bonds, you are feeling the pain. This is the longest bear market uh, in the bond market, intermediate and long-term bonds that we've ever had. Uh, and so hopefully, if you listen to our show, you've done something about it or you've forced your advisor to do something about it. But when Josh and I do these free retirement views, a lot of you don't do anything about it. You just keep getting I mean, kicked I, in the face. I think there's an optimistic, optimistic take buried in there, though, as far as the long end of the curve repricing. To Yeah, yeah. We're getting a steepening of the yield curve, which is good. But my point to the people listening is if you are owning these intermediate and long-term bond funds and ETFs, we can't figure out why you're doing it other than your advisor doesn't know what he or she is doing or you don't either. Uh, it's, it's such an easy thing yeah, to you fix. Got, you got kind of a free pass the first half of 2023, and now the underlying problem is revealing itself again, and it's happening very, very quickly. So uh, the aggregate bond index was down a half a percent last week, so that's a big move again uh, for bond prices. Uh, we saw the yield on a six-month get to 5.5%. The one-year treasury uh, is 5.35 and a 10 year is now firmly above 4%, four and a quarter. And so a lot of this sell off we're seeing in stocks has to do with rates moving materially higher. Uh, and we'll talk about what the Fed said uh, in Jan July in a second. Gold was down a half percent at 1917 an ounce, and oil was down 2% at 8130 
a barrel. So there are a lot of face or headwinds facing the stock market. Uh, Josh has brought this up, but you know, there's finally we're getting the data out of China, and it's really not good. It's funny, um, you know, the that so the Hang Seng Index is now in bear market territory. It's down 21 percent from the January high, um, and so Japan or China is absolutely in a recession. Uh, they they in fact stopped publishing the data on unemployment. It's it's so bad. Unemployment um, for young adults in China is over 21, 22 percent, and so. Uh, it's it, the Chinese economy is in rough, rough shape. And, you know, there's all, for all these people that tell you that, that China's economy doesn't matter. It absolutely matters globally. And so, um, you know, I think the, the U.S. stock market and the U.S. economy is finally saying, wait a second, rates are a lot higher. Uh, we have uh, really the second biggest economy, almost the biggest economy in the world is absolutely in a recession. Their stock markets in in a bear market. And so um, I think the optimis, optimism uh, is starting to fade a bit here in the U.S., yeah, well, the central bank there selling dollars, starting to uh, round up the usual suspects, investigating, <laughs> investigating short sellers and everyone else in the, in the Chinese markets. But uh, biggest infra interest rate differential between U.S. and Chinese debt in a very, very long time, too. So there's definitely going to be more capital controls or versions of them. There's you know, more people try to leave, uh, leave the yuan. And so it's, that's going to be a big, big weight on sentiment, I think, over the, the rest of 2023. Uh, we also got the minutes last week from the, the last Fed meeting in July showing that most of the Fed's policymakers believe that the risk to inflation is to the upside. So when you, when you ask most of the people in the Fed where they think the risk to inflation is, a lot of them were saying they think the risk is to inflation going higher, uh, making them very much open to more rate hikes in the future. Uh, and of course, that move rates up across the yield curve. So like Josh said, if you look at the yield curve, the 10 years is a little bit of an anomaly, but the yield curve, so uh, you know, short bonds, one month bonds, all the way up to 30 year bonds, it is starting to steepen or normalize. Um, and, and so that's, the, you know, historically that happens, that has happened right before the recession happened. So we have the inversion that we've had for quite a per long period of time, but we're seeing a normalization of rates, which also is having a big impact on mortgage rates. So there's not a ton of demand for mortgage bonds out there, which um, isn't, you know, so we're seeing mortgage rates now on 30 year mortgages, jumbo 7.3%. Um, builder confidence is down, the activity in the housing market's down, and a lot of that activity being down is if you have a 3% or lower mortgage rate, it's very hard for you to leave that and go assume a new one. So that trade-up that we saw for a long, long time, especially in places like Bend, Oregon, where we saw people just, you know, they get into a, their starter home at 500000 and that's funny to say, but 500000 and then trade up to the million, and then they trade up to the $2.5 million. That is that is nearly impossible unless somebody has some big cash infusion, which a lot of those aren't happening because we know what's happening in the tech space with RSUs going away and layoffs. Rough times. I think we finally found the inflection point where seven percent was the number, you know, the, in the mortgage market. Yeah, seven yeah. percent was the number in the mortgage market where it, there's the elasticity all of a sudden. But I will say the one bright spot, and when I say bright, it is a very bright spot in the U.S. economy is the labor market. I mean, we still are at 3.5% unemployment. Um, anecdotally here, you know, trying to hire somebody, uh, it, it's crazy how tight the labor market is. And the reason that that is so important to the U.S. economy is 70% of, of essentially GDP is, is consumer spending. And so when you think about how important uh, being employed is to consumer spending and how important that is to uh, GDP growth numbers, um, that's why that's why there's sort of still optimism. I think that's the optimistic rate. take too, though, is why the ten years repricing. Because if you figure inflation at two and a half percent, real interest rates at one and a half percent, and then that term premium, you know, you talk about uninverting the yield curve. That's a five percent ten year, which means we got a ways to go. And the optimism there is that the market's sort of repricing the soft landing because it was always. You know, the past year, the operative presumption has been that the front end rates were going to get cut dramatically starting really soon. And that's doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, all anymore. of you need to get over that zero interest rate policy that's not coming back, probably hopefully in our lifetimes. And I think the neutral rate of interest, we're very close to it. We might it might be a little bit higher or we might be added. And so, you know, if the economy can do this well, 
with the Fed funds rate where it is, that's probably the neutral rate or it might be even be a little bit higher. And so the idea that the Fed's going to cut, why would they cut? What would be the reason for and them to cut? And some of the stuff that's done the best so far this year doesn't look like that's going to last uh, going in through the back half of the year. All right, if you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can email us if you go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about timing the market and why it is such a futile thing. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review, 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Outstanding young business leaders under 40 deserve recognition. Cascade Business News and Washington Trust Bank, member FDIC, are looking for people who are accomplished under 40. Let's recognize leaders in Central Oregon's varied business communities who've coupled impressive careers with a social and philanthropic commitment. Nomination deadline is September 1st. Get details and enter today at CascadeBusNews.com. That's CascadeBusNews.com. Watch for the winners of Accomplished Under 40 in the October edition of Cascade Business News. The threat of wildfire poses a growing risk to Oregonians. And recent wildfires have provided some important lessons. You can prepare now by taking three important steps. Step one, contact your insurance company to make sure you have the right amounts and types of coverage. Step two, create a home inventory by taking photos or videos of your possessions in each room of your home. Step three, Gather and make copies of important identifying and financial documents. Store them in the cloud or another secure location. These three actions can help you and your community be more resilient in the face of wildfire. Be wildfire ready by being insurance ready. Visit dfr.oregon.gov slash prepare now to learn how. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. If water doesn't flow where it's supposed to go, it can be a real bummer. Severson will get it done. Your Central Oregon plumber will treat your home like it's ours. That's our duty. We're the guys. In the blue booties, if it leaks, pops, strips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizemkism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzy, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your state plan, your portfolio, your asset allocation, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office to get one of those scheduled. 
That number is 800-743-0988 or email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So uh, I, I did this last last week and I'm going to keep doing this um, because I think it's so unbelievably important and not talked about enough in investment circles. Even like Jack Bogle, who, who started Vanguard and has done more for the individual investor than anybody in the history of the world, um, he he didn't talk about it all that often. And, and I, I mean, maybe he made the assumption that if you follow his line of reasoning in investing that you didn't have to worry about it. But liquidity, uh, Josh and I, when we build uh, portfolios and we invest money, our own money and our clients' money, we value liquidity almost at the top of the list. Meaning, when I say liquidity, when Josh trades out of a security for our clients or our our you know, staff or us, um, that it can be, it can be executed literally once a second after Josh clicks the mouse, uh, to sell something or to buy something. Um, and that money is liquid every day throughout the day. Liquidity isn't a problem. Um, there's days, uh, that Josh and I rebalance portfolios and we're trading, you know, 50 million, $60 million, uh, of securities in, in our client portfolios, um, and it's never a problem. We don't move the ETFs that we're buying because they're very liquid and th- there's lots of volume in these things. And so uh, we value that above almost everything else. And too many of you out there as investors uh, overlook the value of liquidity in your investment portfolio. Uh, and, and so many financial advisors are, are selling these illiquid products to retail investors um, and, and they don't think about the repercussions of that if the liquidity is needed or, you know, that the fact that there's no mark to market on these securities, on these non-traded REITs or these business development companies. So as an investor, tell yourself and everybody you know that their portfolio should be fully liquid all the time. Uh, they should not be buying illiquid securities or, or these private placements or these private equity deals um, because – when money gets tighter and it's getting tighter, all of this stuff is going to become a worse investment. So uh, d- d- just value liquidity uh, above almost everything else. Um, real quick before we talk about market timing. So we had 25 consecutive months of negative real wage growth here in the United States. And wages have now outpaced inflation on a year-over-year basis for three straight months. So we had a quarter's worth of wages outpacing inflation and that's obviously good news for the american worker and we hope it continues and that's one of the things the fed is battling right because uh when you have inflation growing faster than wages that means standard living goes down and that uh means pitchforks um so but the the road to prosperity for any country is is with higher real wages uh the challenge when your wages go way above inflation that becomes a self-fulfilling inflationary cause right um but there's some things in my mind at least that could jeopardize that that's rising commodity prices gas prices obviously are a lot higher um and so one of the you know one of the things that we're probably going to see another cpi print that is in the month of august that's going to go up but it's because uh july and august last year we had some anomalies where they declined so i think hopefully the fed sticks to their guns and doesn't let um the politicians and these other talking heads uh, take them off their course. I mean, I think probably what will end up happening, Josh is going to actually be right on this one, is that the Fed is going to say they want to get it to 2%, but they'll probably be happy with more like 28 or 3%. Well, 2 25 two is more realistic, right? But it's going to be the average inflation target, and they'll just drag the time horizon. But the other good thing, you know, ultimately, big picture level, the other good thing about higher wages is, of course, what do businesses do to combat higher wages? They invest in technology and productivity. And there's always a lagged effect of increased productivity after labor sh- labor gets more expensive. And last year, and I know you don't like the crazy professor, Jamie Siegel, but he brought up a really good point. Last year, the U.S. economy this week, and last year, the U.S. economy uh, added 5 million jobs and had the biggest decline in productivity in 70 years. And I don't think that's surprising to any small business owners out there, but uh, as labor becomes relatively more expensive, there will be a revolution from technology perspective and otherwise to sort of replace that labor. And that's ultimately what drives us forward. And so it's a good thing. Here's the, here's the revolution. Just go back to the office. The productivity will spike. Get (laughs) stop sitting in your living room, in your bathroom, calling it work. There's no question about that, but I think it's also the mentality of labor, right? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, so when markets get volatile, we inevitably get clients calling our office and and you investors that are doing it yourself you start to think about okay maybe 
I can see the future and I see volatility in the in the next six months. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to time this market. I'm going to get out of the way because, you know, the election cycle is going to start or whatever reason you come up with. Once volatility starts, a lot of people come up with reasons for the volatility to continue in, you know, out and way out excuse me, out into the future. And so what you think about is doing something dramatic, like timing markets. And we get these calls, and it's funny to Josh and I because we get these calls, right, when we start to see volatility. Usually we need another 5% down before we get um, more of the calls. But the call, the person, the client will call up, and they'll tell us the reasons. And there are reasons why the market's going to go down another 20%. And, there, and, it, and it's crazy because they are so sure of these reasons that it's like you can't believe that how sure they are uh, that the market's going to go down another 20%. And then, of course, when it doesn't and you ask them about it, um, their memory gets a little foggy. So, uh, <laughs> here, and here's the data. The, the, the most important thing in our most successful investors, um, it's because they have spent lots of time in the market, right? They've um, just been invested in the market. They didn't try to time the market. This is all courtesy of J.P. Morgan. Uh, dating, the latest data actually goes through December 30th of 2022. But if you look at uh, $10,000 invested in the S&P 500 uh, in January of 20, 2003 to December of 2022, so 20-year period, fully invested – uh, going through two really dramatic bear markets, right? Uh, you, your 10,000 would have grown to almost 65,000. Uh, if you miss just the 10 best trading days, so just 10 days in a 20 year period, uh, your return, your, your 10,000 would have grown to 29,000. The 20 best days, 17,000. The 30 best days, you're barely positive at 11,000. If you miss 40 days, the 40 best days in a 20 year period, your return goes negative. Your 10,000 becomes 8,000. And if you miss just the 60 best days in a 20 year period, <laughs> you have 60% less money. Your 10000 becomes 4000 So uh, it's really, really important to stay invested. And here's the other thing that's really important to understand uh, as an investor. Um, usually the best days, uh, the biggest days are in bear markets. So the, if you go back over that same period and you look at the 10 best trading days, so the best performance in a single day, all of them except for one happen in a Brutal bear market. So the we saw a 12% return on October 13th, 2008, right? That was six months before the market bottom, but a 12% return in one day. And so the, the thing is, the two important things to understand is staying invested is really important because the best returns usually happen when it's really dark outside. And, and most people don't get that. They think, if I just miss this part of it, I'll be fine. But the days where the market rips is in a bear market, almost always going back a long period of time. All right, if you have a question or a comment for the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwall.com. When we come back, we're going to tackle some of your emails, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. should come in a costless carpet. We buy directly from factories, eliminating the middleman and passing the savings on to you. Nobody beats our prices. Costless Carpet has a gigantic inventory of all the popular styles of floors. Luxury vinyl, laminate, carpet, tile, exotic granite, marble, and quartz slabs. For the greatest selection at the lowest price, find your nearest costless carpet at costlesscarpet.com. 
This is Kerwin with Midstate Power Products in Redmond. Kubota products are waiting for you. Stop into Midstate Power Products where you can find compact and subcompact tractors, ag tractors, RTVs, and construction equipment ready to help you get the job done. Do not miss your chance to get world-renowned Kubota equipment. Visit Midstate Power Products on the south end of Highway 97 in Redmond to get great low-rate financing on new Kubota compact tractors. Kubota tractors at Midstate Power Products in Redmond. For most kids, summer is the best. But for others, summer is tough because they're hungry. In Deschutes County, thousands of kids qualified for the free and reduced school lunch program. For many, it's their only meal of the day. But when school's out, getting kids their lunch becomes a challenge. No child in our community should go hungry, ever. But you can help, and it's inexpensive. Join the Ben Food Project. When you go to the grocery store, place one extra non-perishable food item in your cart. Just one. Healthy, nutritious things like pasta, tuna, cereal, or peanut butter. When you put the groceries away, put that one item in the green Ben Food Project bag we'll provide you. Every two months, we'll come pick it up. The process is easy, painless, and inexpensive, yet enormously rewarding. Can you help with the can a week? Get your green bag at benfoodproject.com. BenFoodProject.com. During August, just one adventurous spin of the wheel could win you thousands in cash. Indiana Jones has the dial of destiny. But Indian Head Casino has the $75,000 dial of dollars adventure. Now dare to cross forbidden boundaries to the ultimate adventure. Drawings are every Saturday in August. If your name is called, you get to spin the dial of dollars and win up to $1,500 in cash. This goes beyond my wildest dreams. So start earning entries today and walk away with thousands. And Fridays is Indian Head Casino's Tut Tut Hot Seat Drawings to win $200 in cash for you and $100 in bonus slot play for your friend. Wow, thank you. Indian Head Casino's $75,000 Dial of Dollars Adventure with drawings every Saturday this month. Everybody, listen up. Indian Head Casino, where winners play. Management reserves all rights in the player club for details. At Pacific Source Health Plans, we have an exciting announcement. We're ecstatic to inform you that our customer service team is 100% organic, as in no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no GMOs. Unlike other companies that use automated phone trees, with all the artificial ingredients that go into those. I am not sure I know how to answer that. Not to mention their carbon footprint, despite their lack of feet. Our customer service team is made up of 60% water, and the only carbon to speak of is the fact that our team is made up of carbon carbon-based life forms. How have we managed to do this? It's simple. Surprisingly, our service team consists of people, human beings, sentient and intelligent, we might add, which is why our members will hear real live voices on the line when they call us. In a human business like health insurance, we think it just makes sense. Human service, not automated phone trees. Pacific Source Health Plans, going beyond what's required to put members first. Visit PacificSourceMembersFirst.com. listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the smoky Pacific Northwest. Josh and I, during the break, we're talking about uh, Josh has a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old, one-and-a-little-bit-year-old. One and two months. Yeah, and, uh, it, you know, my kids can c- cope with the smoke, but when you're four and you're loaded like a spring, like Josh's oldest, uh, the smoke is rough. I guess all the uh, indoor gyms around Bend were quite busy this week uh, with parents dropping them off to get away get away from me there's limited capacity relative yeah. to the number of kids in this town looking for something to do yeah so yeah. there was an interesting d- uh, data point from the bureau of labor statistics of all places uh looked at 1200 americans and they said in each state 
what was the ideal income that was needed to be, quote, happy in that state. Uh, and the state of Oregon came in at $105,000. If you made $105,000 on average in the state of Oregon, you were happy. Uh, it ranged from the low of 42000 and I don't know that is in, uh, looks like Mississippi. <laughs> how, how do we know? <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is Maine, you need 110000 I went to the University of Maine, and believe me, if you made 110000 you were John D. Rockefeller in the state of Maine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, where's the 288? Because it's not New York. I don't see where that is. Anyways, yeah, 127 in California, 128 in in um, the state was of Washington. There. Oh, Hawaii is 200,000, yeah. Because, yeah. God, everything costs a fortune in Hawaii. I'm surprised that Alaska is only 74,000 because gallon of milk in a, oh it's oh it is new york they just i i look i was trying to look at new york city but it's new york two hundred eighty-eight thousand. but that doesn't count anyways it's interesting i don't know i guess if we asked people if they they made one hundred five thousand, uh if they were happy uh in the state of, in bend they'd probably say no it's more like five hundred eight thousand in bend to be happy all right let's tackle some email questions we got an email from sean this is a long one so be ready for it josh uh, I'm 57 and have 1.1 million in my 401k and 50,000 in a high yield savings account. I earn $300,000 a year and put 30k in my 401k each year plus a match on the first 6%. I have a $220,000 mortgage on a home value at 550. I'd like to retire at 62, so that's in five years with no debt. My wife and I will collect 3,500 each in Social Security, and if I would draw 5,000 per month from my 401k, I have projected positive cash flow of $1,800 each month, above and beyond, I guess, his expenses. My monthly budget includes 1,000 for property taxes, insurance, blah blah blah, uh, until we qualify for Medicaid at 65. Is this a good plan? What could I do to make it better besides delaying retirement? Well, Sean. The thing you could do to make it better is delay retirement. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing I tell people in this situation. So he, he's saying essentially this guy gave us way more information than we needed. But when he did his budget, he said that uh, he has about $1,800 each month in wiggle room, uh, you know, above his expenses if he takes out five grand. So wait, he's going to have seven thousand. So he needs twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000 essentially a month. Okay. So anyways, um, what I'd say, Sean, is that you can stop working the three. You don't need to make 300000 from your job. But what you could do is make the 5000 that you were going to plan on taking out of your uh, retirement savings and let that continue to grow. Um, so maybe you retire from what you're doing now and you do something that you enjoy more that makes some money, whether it's 2500 a month or, or maybe you can do something with the labor market as tight as it is that does make you $5,000 a month. But, um, you know, I would want to have more than $1,800 a month. You know, so some people, you know, they spend 2500 bucks a month. So if they have $1,800 in excess every month, that's fine. But you're talking about bigger numbers here, Sean. And so $1,800 a month in wiggle room relative to how much you're spending every month isn't a lot. Um, you know, if something good doesn't go right, you're, you're going to probably be in a tough position. So um, what I'd tell you to do, if you were my friend, I'd say suck it up and stop being a baby and just keep working. But you probably don't want to hear that, Sean. And so um, I would say do something that is more enjoyable so that you can reduce the amount you're going to take from your retirement accounts. Because, Sean, you're, you're retiring relatively young and you don't have – that much in your 401k relative to how much money you need every month. And so one of those two things has to change. Either you keep working um, or you save more of that $300,000. Uh, but your math doesn't, isn't all that appealing. Uh, if you, if you were a client for, with us, we would say, Ooh, boy, um, you, you can do it because it's your money, but we would advise against it. We would advise you to keep working or work someplace you like. I don't know if you have any, additional to that like some version of an asset location thing too like where you're actually saving like maybe look for places on the margin where you could increase contributions whether that's you know if you're participating in a high deductible health plan and through via an hsa uh, yeah, also, but it's all that like marginal stuff. Yeah. So this is one of those things where people try to plan themselves into math that makes sense i mean you still have a mortgage like if you get rid of the more you know so it's just one of those things where I, I, my kids, you know, will tell me something like this, and I tell them, "Look, 
I really want to play shortstop for the Red Sox, but they don't call me. And so I have to keep coming here every day. And so, Sean, that's you. Like, you, you're saying you want to play shortstop for the Red Sox. That's great. That's a good goal. But you got probably have to keep working because why do you still have a $220,000 mortgage on a $500,000 house at 57? Like, what, what happened there? So I'm not trying to be belittling. I'm just saying that, you know, you can't do what you want to do. And you might be able to. You might get lucky. We could have, you know another fed chairman that puts has rates go back to zero and the dow will go to a thousand and you'll be in fat city you're you're a hundred thousand yeah what i say a thousand oh yeah <laughs> living might, in, might go to a thousand that would be scary living in 1972 yeah well all right let's so sean hopefully probably didn't help at all but at least the other people listening it helped <laughs> uh we got an email from bruce uh bruce says i've recently retired so I have more time to read. Uh, even though I have a financial advisor for, I've had a financial advisor for 30 plus years, I've taken it upon myself to learn more about investing. The more I read, the clearer it becomes that I should be investing in index funds. My advisor works at one of the major investment firms. In all of our accounts, we own individual stocks and active, he put active in quotes, mutual funds. What am I missing? Should I ask my advisor to change my accounts to index funds? Well, as it relates to your retirement accounts, you definitely should be indexing. But, you know, the, the big dilemma, of course, in your taxable accounts is, you know, what sort of embedded capital well, hold gains on. do you have Of there? course, everybody should be indexing in all accounts. Yeah. But this guy has a position that he can't probably do it wholesale. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a transition that over time is definitely going to be worth your while. What you can actually realize in terms of gains in any particular year is going to be relative to your individual tax situation. But uh, remember, those capital gains distributions that you get in your taxable account every December that you can't control that are coming from those active mutual funds, uh, there's a real tax cost embedded in there, and it erodes your return over time pretty significantly. So you just got to sort of weigh uh, the relative outcomes there and just look forward and know that every year going forward, you need to rectify that situation. How much you can do in any particular year, of course, is relative to your situation. Well, Bruce, here's the other thing that Josh neglected to mention. Assuming your advisor works at one of the big, very big firms like Merrill or, or Edward Jones, uh, I've never seen index funds in, in any of those accounts, so they can't buy index funds usually at those firms. And so the reason you don't own them is because they can't buy them because there's no revenue sharing that, say, a Vanguard's going to do uh, back to Merrill Lynch or UBS or any of those firms. And in their their world, they say, well, you know, we're smarter than the market, and so, you know, you're hiring us to beat the market, even though that's not happening. And obviously, the more reading you do about uh, investing, you're you're sort of seeing the light, Bruce. That, um, you know, you're saying, okay, this is a no-brainer. Um, but most likely, Bruce, what you're going to have to do is is probably leave and go to an independent firm that where you can actually buy index funds or exchange traded funds uh, with your money, and then you're going to have to do it the way Josh said. I mean, this happens to us all the time, where somebody. Uh, we'll have a uh, husband and wife come and move their money over to us from a big national firm. And we are indexers. We do use uh, ETFs to track indexes, uh, but we can't wholesale move somebody's taxable money because it would be way too expensive from a tax standpoint. So sometimes it takes us two, three, four, five years to get their account where we'd like it to be um, to try to minimize that tax liability of moving their money. Uh, but Bruce, you're absolutely right. You're not missing anything. Indexing is absolutely the way to go because the data, obviously, and it's not just our opinion, it's, it's, it's data, 20 plus years of data uh, indexes crushing active managers. All right, if you'd like to be part of the show, have a question for us or comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or go to our website, Northwest Quadrant Wealth, and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about the emerging markets. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review, 800-743-0988. Again, Be advised, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 
Save thousands. Be advised. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2023 inventory. Ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Huge factory incentives. Factory rebates. This weekend only. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Today, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free parking. Free admission. Free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Call 833-SPA-SEAL. Or visit Hot Tub and Swim Spa Sale. Get ready for an unforgettable night of passion, love, and art under the stars. August 18th and 19th, Theater in the Park proudly presents the iconic musical sensation, Rent. Join us as we take you on a roller coaster ride of emotions, following a group of friends in the heart of New York City. Experience the struggles, the laughter, and the power of friendship as they chase their dreams against all odds. Every note will captivate you. Feel the raw energy, the heartache, and the triumphs that have made Rent a timeless masterpiece. Grab your tickets now and experience the power of love and art under the open sky in Drake Park. Purchase tickets at benticket.com. Rent August 18th and 19th in Drake Park. Supported by the Oregon Community Foundation, Donner Flower Shop, A Bliss CBD, Two Town Cider House, News Channel 21, The Source Weekly, Solar Wine, Sun River Brewing Company, Windermere Central Oregon Real Estate, and Combined Communications. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you were just notified that your Medicare costs are increasing, a program out there can really help you with your medical bills. And it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus, it's not insurance. Members actually say it's better. It's a Christian healthcare community that aligns with your faith and where people encourage and pray for you. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You choose any Medicare provider, and you get telehealth access anytime you need it. And this is great, too. Unlike health insurance, you can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. So don't get stuck with increasing costs. Call MediShare 65 Plus and find out how much you can save. Call 888-SHARE-89. That's 888-SHARE-89. 888-SHARE-89. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. If you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do uh, videos, five or six minute videos in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the capital markets and how that's affecting our clients' money. Uh, just go to our website and just s- send us an email. Let us know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list, and that's the only thing we'll send you. You don't have to be a client to get those um, and we send them in the middle and end of every month, and that is the only thing that we will send you. So if you want to get added to that list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, Apple's bought back $588 billion worth of their stock over the last 10 years. That's so unbelievable. That's awesome. I mean, it, this is the greatest cash generator in the history of the world. It's better than the IRS. But Apple, So Apple's bought back $588 billion in stock over the last 10 years, which is greater than the market capitalization of 492 companies in the S&P 500. Uh, Apple's shares outstanding have moved from over $25 billion to under 16 billion in that period. It is unbelievable. Um, I, you know, Apple is is one of the greatest businesses in the history of the world um, from a cash flow standpoint. Um, as Warren Buffett says, you have Times Square, you know, Apple essentially has Times Square uh, in everybody's hands all day long. Um, Apple is not gonna be the greatest business forever. You know, it's it's the size is gonna be their problem and, and they're, they're getting there. And you know, how do you, when you get to be a $3 trillion company, how do you continue to grow from there? 
Um, you know, Apple has enough cash. I mean, their cash pile is over <laughs> over two hundred billion. It's it, the numbers are staggering when when you talk about Apple as a public traded company. That how much they generate in cash every quarter, how much they have in cash, um, just the sheer size of the company from a market cap standpoint. Um, there's maybe six countries that are bigger than from a GDP standpoint that are bigger than Apple. Um, and, and so it, it is in the history of, of publicly traded companies. Um, you know, we've had some big ones on a relative scale, AT&T, uh, Exxon Mobil, General Electric, but, uh, on an absolute and relative basis, nothing has come close. To, it's even to funny to think of, to look back at, I catalog old articles and stuff. And I look back and seven, eight years ago when Apple was making $5 billion in net income a quarter, and mm. that was, like, astonishingly high. It's quaint now. And it's more than double. <laughs> you know, it's relative to their own history. It's just nuts. Yeah, it is. It is a cash flow machine. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, those big, those big tech names are all cash flow And the machine. fact that they're, if they didn't buy back their own stock and they just kept accumulating it and buying treasuries... Yeah, to think of how much net income they could generate. The stock annually. actually might be higher in value because they'd have so much cash on hand. But uh, buying the stock back was the right thing. Um, so, ten years ago, the ten-year the ten-year Treasury yield was two point seven percent, and the federal funds rate was zero percent. Today, the ten-year yield is four point two five, and the Fed funds rate is above five percent. So, have higher interest rates led to lower valuation? Uh, as many have said, would happen, including me. Well, no. Uh, case in point is Apple, the largest U.S. company. Uh, their price-to-earnings ratio has moved from 12 times a decade ago to 30 times today, and their price-to-sales ratio has moved from two and a half times to seven and a half times. So Apple has gotten a lot more expensive uh, in the face of higher interest rates. And how is that possible? Uh, I guess it's one of the factors. <laughs> uh, uh, so what's more important, I guess, today is. Uh, investor sentiment than actual valuation <laughs> indexing has something to do with it too yeah it's just crazy i mean i mean i think valuation is starting to come into play that's why we've seen uh, a sell-off here as of late because uh, i think people are realizing higher rates are probably in fact here to stay and uh interest rates have have an impact on valuations across all asset class including stocks uh, and we're starting to see that. But you also think of every time you buy it and put a dollar into an index fund or put $100 into an index fund, seven bucks of it goes to Apple, give or take. So, you know, it's got this automatic bid underneath it always. All right. Let's talk about an asset class that we haven't talked about in a while. Um, and it's been sort of left for dead in the investment universe. And that is the emerging market. So, Josh, can you uh, quickly define what the emerging markets are for our investors? And then we can talk about maybe uh, – it is an opportunity in a portfolio, albeit maybe a small one. Uh, emerging markets are, do you think about the BRICS? You know, Goldman Sachs coined that term back in the 90s, I think. But, you know, the BRICS just stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and those are, and South Africa. Those are the countries that, you know, have always been so-called fast-growing uh, emerging economies with the rising middle class is sort of the, the dominant theme that sort of drives the thesis in investing in it. And, you know, these are countries that don't necessarily have the governance framework of Western developed economies, but uh, they're working their way there. And uh, the thesis is, of course, you know, that there's they're starting to more closely resemble developing markets and they're faster growing economies uh, typically than, you know, developed developed nations like the United States or France or Germany. Uh, <laughs> Whether or not the actual underlying economic performance has matched the sort of optimistic thesis driving the investment dollars into them uh, is, of course, an open question. But when you talk about on the index level what emerging markets really are, uh, it's basically like half China and then uh, some exposure to Brazil and some other, some other smaller, smaller allocations there. Uh, South Korea, depending on the index provider, is an emerging market. But... Uh, from an invested dollar, when you plow it into an emerging market index, you're you're essentially making a bet on China. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to if, if you're in, you don't have to index uh, in emerging markets. I mean, there's a lot of data out there that one of the asset classes that actually managers can add some value is in the emerging markets because you can underweight or overweight China based on you know sort of what you see going on there. And obviously, if you had been underweight China as of late. In your emerging market portfolio, you would have certainly under, outperformed that asset class. Uh, but one of the things I also wanted to bring up is is they go in cycles, right, of, of outperformance or underperformance versus the U.S. Uh, stock market. 
and they can last pretty long. And so what I'm looking at is a, a, a chart that shows U.S. stocks as measured by the S&P 500 uh, versus the emerging markets going back to 1988. So from 1988 to 1993, U.S. stocks were up 122%. So great performance there. The emerging markets over that same period were up 545%. So that 88 to 93 period, we saw the emerging markets dramatically outperform. And then came their underperformance. So from 1994 to 1998, U.S. stocks were up 194%. The emerging markets were down 38%. So that was when, you know, the Russian ruble collapsed uh, and US, the U.S. raised interest rates and emerging markets really struggled. So uh, after a dramatic outperformance, they had a dramatic underperformance. And then from 1999, uh, which is right after when I started in the business, to 2007, U.S. stocks were only up 38%. The emerging markets were up 420%. And I remember that because I was working um, Mark Madden, I was working at a company called Pioneer, and he, Mark Madden ran our emerging market fund, and he was really good at it and interesting to talk about, and I sort of became sold in the emerging markets uh, because of him. Uh, but then we've seen uh, 2008 to 2022, U.S. stocks were up 255 percent, and the emerging markets were only up 10 percent. And so that's that long period of time uh, we just went through. 14, 15 years where U.S. stocks have trounced all international stocks, including the emerging markets. And so if history holds true, we have a valuation story and the emerging markets should outperform U.S. stocks. And so, you know, in our client portfolios, all of our, even our most conservative portfolios have an allocation to emerging markets. Uh, but I think our largest allocation in our most aggressive portfolios to emerging markets is 8 or 9%. And so we never make a big bet on emerging markets, but we think it's a place that can be add diversification and uh, potentially some, some juice to your portfolio. Uh, so you should, you should consider emerging markets as an asset allocation. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can maximize strategies that you can use to maximize your Social Security benefits. So stick around for that. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. 